Welcome to Ask an Artist. I'm Peter Keegan. And I'm Laura Boswell. And over there we have the talented Mr B on sound. Now, as you all know, Laura and I are taking a break from the podcast as we get involved in our other projects and busying ourselves in the studio. But we haven't left you high and dry because we are picking some of our favourite episodes to listen to again. And today it's an interesting one. We're going to be talking about the artist's persona bit of a fancy word, isn't it, Laura? The artist persona. Mm. What do we mean that by the persona of an artist? I've got this vision of sort of this poncy such and such walking down the street, sort of strutting his stuff in sort of a, a billowing sort of velvet coat. Is that's what you do? I see at the high street, surely. <laughs> well, no, I don't tend to think about it like that. I think it's it's not that you're pretending to be something else. I think that as an artist, you kind of have to have a professional personality because when you're a working artist you have to face the public and revealing your artwork to the world is a deeply personal thing and if you're all raw and exposed when you show it to the public it makes it really difficult so our episode about the artist persona is really about how you develop a way of dealing with putting yourself out there so that you can inspire confidence in the people who are looking at or buying work. And at the same time, give yourself a little bit of protection from criticism or comments that you might find hurtful, but you really don't need to show that hurt to the client. So we've got lots of helpful and realistic advice for how to kind of come up with a way of having a professional poise that, that just keeps everything on a, a nicely even keel. And it's an important thing, isn't it, Peter? Especially when you're starting out, it's quite a thing to learn. It is. It's something that I think could have evolved over time um, and sort of having that confidence to say, you know, this is who I am and this is what I what I do. I also see it as sometimes having two hats. You know, I put on my artist hat today. I, today I'm an artist and then I can go home and take my hat off and then I'm suddenly, you know, Peter at home. So we'll talk about how we sort of get in the mindset of being an artist and how that helps our business. But before we do that, I think, Laura, you're going to splash a bit of colour into the beginning of this podcast. Well, I am, although whether it's a colour is debatable. And it's a bit of a controversial one when it comes to watercolours, because I want to talk about white. And white's an interesting pigment, especially in watercolour painting, because it alters the nature of the paint. It changes the opacity of any colour it mixes with, as well as the shade of that colour. And actually, that's something that I like to play with in my printmaking. So when it comes to printing Japanese woodblock, the way that the paint is, is, is used is kind of very similar to watercolour painting. So I can make a colour pale and translucent by adding more water to it and relying on the white of the paper to make it pale, or I can make it pale and opaque by adding white paint. So maybe I would use water to dilute my colour for a pale sky if I wanted to be translucent and brilliant. Adding white to a colour mix can in turn, give an opacity and a creamy richness to a cliff face or an evening moon where that kind of opaque look is much more suitable. And of the range, Michael Harding's warm white is a particularly lovely white and used on its own, it has a kind of subtle richness, 
but it also brings a surprising amount to the party when it's mixed with other colours. So it doesn't just make the paint opaque and paler, it actually influences the colour mix and makes it more complex and subtle. So it's a colour that I really love to use in my printmaking. It is a lovely colour. And did you know Michael Harding makes nine different whites? I didn't even know there could be so many different whites. And <laughs> if you want to find out some of these the qualities to these nine whites and, of course, the full colour range of Michael Harding, then simply visit his website, which is michaelharding.co.uk. So now we've talked about warm white, let's get on to some warm and friendly advice for adopting that artist persona that's going to keep you professional and polished in front of the world. Hi, I'm Peter Keegan. Hi, I'm Laura Boswell. And there's the talented Mr B working the sound. Welcome to Ask an Artist. Need help to take the leap and become a working artist, the sort that actually gets to make art and pay the bills at the same time? We're both that sort of artist. We pay our bills and we do it by making art. Every week we'll be using our personal experience to give help and advice in making art your proper job, whatever your friends and family may say. We'll be here to tackle everything from finances to finding a gallery, self-doubt to social media, the everyday practical stuff every artist needs to make a go of their career. So in this episode, we're going to discuss the artist's persona, what it is and why you should have one. So Peter, what would you say an artist's persona is? It's a difficult one, I think, with the persona, because people have very different preconceptions of what a persona is and you know I'm, I'm thinking of some artistic heroes have a very kind of a famous you can't sort of approach them this sort of aura and and you know I, I sort of see that as their persona to some that are very approachable some that are very kind of very business savvy with their marketing and the way they approach themselves but I also think the persona is sort of um, how how sometimes they relate their persona to their own artwork instead I, I find that quite interesting so people are very committed to their painting or their drawing or whatever. And you can see that commitment through in the way that they present themselves with their work and, and their conversation and so on. So you see this as part of the toolkit of being an artist? Yeah, very much so. And I think, I think, I don't think all artists have this. And I think mm. sometimes you have to potentially sort of fake it or sometimes mm. sort of, it's a, it's a front that you have to put on. Mm. I think and some, some artists have that because they're quite confident. Others are quite shy, but I think it's quite necessary in order to sort of progress as a business. I totally agree. I mean, for me, the persona is the face that I present to the world, whether that's through my social media or through my teaching or when I'm showing or dealing with galleries and things. And it's not something that is fake, um, but it is, it's like a role that you play where I use it to eliminate all the kind of awkward wriggling, apologising, oh, do you think I'm good enough? All that kind of stuff, which every artist feels, mm. but you absolutely do not want to project to the world. Yeah. It's, you like have, there's, there's yeah. two, it's like almost like a split of personality. There's the, the mm. you, the normal private you, yeah. and then there's, you, you put your artist hat on and now you're a, you're a professional working artist. And so that's how I see it in, in the way that I present my work is when I'm at work in the studio dealing with the public, I am the artist and I have mm. that hat on. I don't have that hat on all the time when I'm at yeah. home and, and interacting with the family. Well, I have a, a friend who's a fellow artist and he describes it as he, he, he used to be a barman when he was you know, doing his part-time job when he was becoming an artist. And mm. one of the things he did was bar work. And he said, it's like 
the front that you put on when you're working in a bar so that you can deal with drunks and awkward people and things like that without it getting to you personally. And the persona as an artist, I mean, hopefully you don't have to deal with too many drunks, but you do have (laughs) to have a, a polished front um, that helps you through dealing with people. And that's that's an important thing to develop. And as you say, you can make a decision and almost fake it until you make it. Mm. I certainly made a decision that I would stop apologising because I think mm. probably as a nation, we're really good at saying yes, sorry all the time. So. And I know that I was quite apologetic. Were you put in positions to be made to Uh, feel apologetic? Yeah, in a kind of a way. It was sort of, especially when I was starting out, there was this very much a feeling that I was a woman with a shed in the garden who happened to be making a few prints. Mm. And if you are sort of apologising, saying, oh, well, I'm only this person in the garden, you're never going to get anywhere. What what people are looking for is confidence. They're not not, looking for arrogance, they're looking for confidence. Not putting yourself down on that sort of position. You know, I I often feel that as well. Sometimes sort of with my age, if you like, sometimes Mm. sort of have this preconceived idea that, you know, whether if you're a young emerging artist... Yes, Peter, I should say, is a youthful artist. (laughs) I I am not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm sort of at the start of my emerging career. But sometimes people, they do like to label you. And I think the art world is, is... quite bad for that actually they oh, like sure. they like to pigeonhole that you're this you're that you're a printer you don't do anything else or you're an older more established artist yeah there's artist. definitely a hierarchy out and there. you know and, and sometimes i think we can use that to our advantage by sort of strengthening our position mm. and our commitment to that area but then sometimes it's quite hard to break away from that and that preconceived idea and sort of that persona that you have as an artist should just sort of give you that resilience and confidence of where you are. It's important to be consistent with your persona as well. Yeah. I mean, you think about how every time you interact with the public, it's important that you are consistently who you are. I mean, I always try to be upbeat and friendly and positive, mm. whether that's social media or in a class or meeting a gallery, because it's very important that people know that they can approach you and that you are approachable and friendly. Because, of course, the opposite yeah. of that is the, and I think you and I know mm. people, and I think a lot of people out there, is, is the, the negative artist, that it's mm. everything is a problem and and everything worries me and I'm not selling and, and they're sort of being quite negative about a gallery. And That is a really yeah. bad mistake to make Absolutely. because it's a small world and, frankly, people don't want to deal with negativity no, and you will soon... Um, lose friends that way. That said, it's perfectly all right to be honest about mistakes and disasters. Everybody Mm. is interested. So if you have something go wrong in a studio or something like that, by all means, talk about it, but don't moan. So it's the difference between, oh dear, this didn't work in my painting. This is how I've addressed the problem. Mm. And, oh, I've got a headache and nobody likes my art and I feel a bit sorry for myself. Yeah. You know, there's a big difference between the well, two. And then that's just a clever marketing spin. You yeah. know, you're turning, you know, a sort of a failure into a bit of a success. And, and people, they want to see, they want to be confident in, in you and your work. And if you could emit confidence and your, your assured awareness of what you're mm. doing and why you're doing it, they will buy into your own kind of confidence and awareness. If you're 
oozing self-doubt and uncertainty and, and sort of negativity, mm. that will just instantly reflect in whatever you're producing, whether, you know, whether it's, you know, craftsmanship or artmanship, it will come through and people will, they'll remember that, that interact they if they're meeting you. And, and I think, I think you can kind so, of sense it in people's work as well. I think you can. So this persona, does that uh, go through into how you present yourself physically, how you look, how you present your work? How do you... Th- you give thought to that. I think so. I yeah. think I know. I, I mean, I certainly do, but I think um, that's quite an important aspect of it. It's, it's the balance, isn't it? Because mm. there's, I mean, it, I, I often kind of equate that, okay, I'm an artist, but if I was working in the city, if I had an mm. office job, if you like, a, what I call a normal job, um, <laughs> you know, if I was going or to a, a proper job, a proper as my job, dad yeah, would say. <laughs> absolutely. If I had, if I had to go to a, a meeting, I would have to be, I'd turn up on time and I would dress smartly and appropriately and I'd be prepared and I'd have done the research and I would do all the things that I would want to reflect good on my job. And I think that the same goes when you're an artist as well. That is such a good point. I mean, it's, it's a myth that people like flaky romantic artists who are very ditzy. That might be an appealing picture from the outside, but as soon as people are paying you or relying on you, they're not interested in that. And that's, and that's back to that. You might be an artist that struggles with, you know, your finances or timekeeping and, and your physical appearance and so on. But sometimes you just have to sort of work hard at that or, or, or certainly if not give the persona that you're kind of in control of it. I mean, I'm, mm. you know, I find, you know, reading and writing quite difficult. You know, mm. I'm not a, an academic person. I'm more of a creative person, but I still have to work hard. But you have a very academy. polished website. You know, there is nothing that suggests that that is an issue for that's, you. That's right. And you know, I don't want, to, and, and to, to simply say, oh, I, I, I'm not very good at maths. I'm not very good. That's why my website's very poor. Mm. That's why I was late to mm. this meeting. Whether that's true or not, it's not going to do you any favours moving it's, it's not. I mean, I talk and have talked a little bit about having uh, clinical depression, and that does mean that there are bad days. But I don't let that seep into my persona. I yeah. work very hard to deal with that on my own terms mm. and not bring that to my persona as an artist. Yeah. The other thing as well is, is I think it's quite important to, to remind everyone that there's we're talk- there's a persona in the kind of the physical self in the way mm. that you, you know, whether you, the way you dress or the way you approach a gallery or, mm. or, the, or the public, but there's also the, the persona that you may have in what is now a massive digital world. So your persona mm. on your website or your social media and so on. And the voice that you have out there mm. has to be consistent to the way that you are. So, you know, if you are, you know, very, very positive in your interaction publicly, but then you're very negative in the in the written word, in the digital world, that just really clashes and yeah. sends very mixed messages. So yeah, consistency is important. Yeah, consistency in, in that voice and the way that you want to express yourself in all the realms that, you know, are open to us as independent artists is really key. But I think it's protective of you too, your persona. Yeah. It's a very powerful tool for buffering yourself from the outside world because you must remember that relations, anybody who's relating to you as an artist is relating to you in that role. They're not attacking you personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there are, you know, there are always ups and downs and you are going to get criticism or rejection or thoughtless comments, all sorts of things like that. And being able to see that as directed to you, the artist, and not you, the person, yeah. is really helpful. Yeah. It's always the job, not the, the personal side. And that's hard because, of course, art is such an emotive, personal thing. And it can sometimes 
feel like, you know, mm. it's an attack on your work, but you just have to put that barrier down. You put your professional hat on and approach it in a very pragmatic, positive, business-like manner to protect yourself, to protect your work and the image and so on. And I think that's something that we're going to be talking about in an episode on criticism and feedback. Mm. But I find also it's a very positive thing when I'm leading a class, for example, because I know that the role I play as an artist puts me in the position where I'm telling people what to do. I'm expecting people to follow me. I'm presenting myself without... Um, any kind of doubts or, um, you know, quite often in classes, I'm not quite sure how it's all going to work, but I don't <laughs> communicate that to the no. students. You know, <laughs> I think you'll find all teachers are like that. Absolutely. And it's your persona that's going to give you the, the control and the, the kind of calm to work yeah. well with others. Yeah. I mean, so that's how I think, how I would go into something like that. To yeah, be fully sure. No, I see that too. And I think in addition to that, for me, there's some mental preparation to be done. Um, I quite often think through situations where I need to be prepared. So for example, um, I need, if I'm going to go and do an art fair, mm. I think through how I would deal with somebody who wants a discount, for example. Oh, right. So specific scenarios. Yeah, specific you're really... scenarios where if you get asked the question and you're not prepared, you can look very kind of hesitant and you get into quite awkward right. situations. So likewise, I'll think about um, explaining why I make the pictures I do. Nothing sort of scripted, but just working through a few answers to questions that are likely to arise Mm. so that I look more polished on the day and I'm not fumbling around and maybe giving the wrong answer and agreeing to things I'm not happy with. Because there are situations, aren't there, where some questions will come very differently from another situation. So, I mean, for example, if I was at, um, if I was doing a commission and I'm working just one-on-one with the clients, mm. we're talking very specifically mm. about a work that's going to fit in their home. So we'll be talking about the size and the dimensions. So I need, I will also have that, that sort of back catalogue of information in regards to here is a series of framers, here's the list of all the prices that yeah. I currently work Well, we're size. back to being a businessman again, isn't it? It's yeah. the same attitude of being prepared with the answers and confident mm. and the I mean the important thing to remember is that you are the expert when it comes to your work mm. and you need to come across as an expert if your persona is one of apology and self-doubt yeah. <laughs> why will anyone invest in you yeah. at any level so it's really important to think about that so there are some quite extreme examples of the artistic persona throughout art history aren't there Peter oh gosh yes I mean if you look Sometimes you just the persona of the artist sometimes become comes before the art itself. You know, when you mention an artist, I mean, for example, Grayson Perry. Sometimes you all you can think of here, all you can think of is him before you realise he's making these exquisitely beautiful works of art. And I think that's a really interesting example that sometimes that the persona sometimes overgrows and and, and sort of well, I think that you know, if you look at artists like Gilbert and George as well, their whole life has been an art performance. Absolutely, yeah. Is they their persona is the art, which is sort of taking it to that next level. Or if you think of um, Damien Hirst, is you know a really good example and you know a very shrewd businessman as well. Mm. I think is Mm. is clear to say that the the tenacity and, and the ferociousness that he approaches yes. his his work and the business uh, light element of his work really comes through that he's making these massive quite impactful and uh, controversial in some cases pieces mm. 
And I think there's, you know, he's doing that intentionally. He wants you to kind of, you know, be rattled by it and to sort of be shocked by it. And that's very much part of the package of who he is and what he's trying to do. Sure. And then if you look at Banksy, who's made a career out of being <laughs> utterly secretive. <laughs> Having no persona. <laughs> Having no- <laughs> well, it's a very, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you're quite right. It's, it's, he's anonymous and yet he has such a strong persona. Yeah. It's a very, very clever one, yeah. I think. I think it's, it's the sort of, I mean, if you look kind of historically speaking, kind of the role of the artist, there's always this fascination, isn't it? I think that, mm. that people have, like, oh, look, there's an artist. I always feel that it's a shame that we don't have some sort of uniform or a badge or something to sort of stand us out. That people go, oh, look, there's an artist walking over <laughs> there. You know, I always like a pilot has. You always get excited when you see a pilot with a Yeah, you're right, on. actually. <laughs> I, I always tend to think of it as like seeing a unicorn, but pilot is yeah. probably a better... <laughs> analogy <laughs> so uh, so yeah I've, and, and if you kind of look in, historically the artists sort of had this slightly sort of higher up placement in society well there's, just, there's some mystique always isn't there yeah. to the creative like being a poet or a musician yeah, that, so you're are, pulling something out of nothing yeah in that creative industry for mm. sure And but I think I'm, I think I'm, I'm reminded by a quote I think it's um, Rubens the, the Baroque uh, Dutch artist I mean he famously said to be a great artist you need to be a great businessman you know, and I think he's dead right. I mean, amazing, 100 years ago that even yes. then yes, he, he was, was aware no that you can't yeah. just be great at colouring in or making pots or whatever. You need to be confident to stick your hand out and say, hello, I'm the best artist you're ever going to meet. And that persona yes. of, of pure positivity and, and awareness of your greatness, whether it's great or not, um, will come first and people will remember that. And it's that sort of self-belief. Yeah. You've got to believe in your artwork, whether it, no matter how many people around you may not get it, yeah. not like it, not yeah, understand it. Yes, so if you don't it, believe in it, nobody will. Absolutely. So having that persona mm. is so crucial. It's essential, I think. It's very, very important. Also, uh, under the heading of persona comes rather duller things like maintaining consistency in the way you have your anything you publish so how your website looks how your business cards look how you present mm. a stand at an art show how you frame your work all of that feeds into your persona as well to a certain extent because it is the face that you're presenting to the world do you think it's possible to change your persona i i that thought has just struck me that i mean i mean it's like a branding i suppose you see companies yeah. they kind of change the i brand think company. Yeah, I think it's naturally going to develop as your career develops, you become more successful. What I notice about, and it, I suspect it's to do with the way my career's developed and my growing confidence is that I don't get half as much negativity now as when I started. People are are less patronizing. They're Mm. less questioning. Um, partially that's because I've become increasingly good Mm. at what I do but also I think that's to do with my persona is much more confident and I'm bolder are you consciously changing that do you think or is that yeah I mean it's like I do quite often run exercises where I'll say to myself like I said about I will stop apologizing Mm. um and it's it's like I mean things like how you answer people so if somebody came up to me and said oh this print it's really expensive I will smile at them and say, yes, it is rather. You should have two of them. They're a great investment. <laughs> you know, don't say, oh, do you think so? Just just make a joke of it and say, well, buy two. They're yeah. great, you know. And that takes that takes a while to grow into. Mm. And I, I, I'm always kind of reassured by, I suppose, the notion that 
if I make a decision about, right, I'm going to present mm. myself as, as, as this at the moment, that doesn't mean I have to do that forever. No, it will, you're absolutely and it, it, it will right. evolve and it will mm. change. So as opportunities come up, as the way you're exhibiting or showing or developing your work, so too can the way that you present you and your work. It doesn't have to be a sort of a fixed No, well, in your case, you actually have two personas, don't you? Because you have two hats to wear, one as the art school owner and Mm. running an art school, and the other as the portrait painter. And I would imagine you have slightly different remits for Yeah, I suppose I'm more, I suppose as as the artist, when I have that hat on, I'm more, I suppose, sensitive and more aware of, 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 you know, as a portrait painter, reading Mm. people's body language. Yeah, it's a sort of an, sort of an intimate dialogue and and communication Mm. that you have with that person. Whereas when I'm, as if I have a director hat on, I'm, I'm asking, you know, working with tutors or students or, you know, whether it's sort of uh, the bill side of things, I become a lot more efficient and a lot more kind of professional. Yeah, I mean, that's, like, that's the more. vibe I get when you come in and you do the introduction to my students before mm. I start to teach each class. That's very much a man who runs a business mm. and, you know, it's a very efficient and welcoming way of um, dealing with people, but it's not that intimate creative no I know when I'm know, in front of that black yeah. canvas I'm I'm sort of a, a, a wreck and <laughs> terrified <laughs> of that white glaring at me and that's that's that wonderful intimate process between you and your creative practice yeah. and you're exploring yeah. you're challenging you're developing yeah. and you're working and people don't ideas. you know they're not seeing that that sort of nervousness no. they're just seeing the polish of you as the- yeah, yeah and of course that's I mean that's sometimes the slight drawback of mm. of social media I'd say particularly mm. that sometimes it's all I mean we've already mentioned mm. that you know we should celebrate and say well this didn't work but that oh, doesn't matter yeah, it shouldn't always be perfect 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 because I think that just gives the wrong impression that is a like. really key point and um, on my social media if I get things wrong I will always say mm. and always confess to it usually it's a kickoff to a creative solution which is interesting for everyone anyway but I'm very mindful about um, people who are at the beginning of their career or students and things, and they need to be shown that it's not a perfect world, no, that everybody screws up. And that's also part of the reasons why I always show my drawings and sketchbooks, because they're you a have, mess. And how it evolves yeah, as well. Exactly. You know, they do change. It's important to be realistic. There's no, no perfect yeah. package. You know, I think it's... I well, it's remind very my, synthetic, isn't it? If everything's yeah. super wonderful all the time. Yeah, yeah. And there's no set formula that if I follow this, I'm going to get a perfect outcome, whether it's producing work of art or trying to present yourself as an artist. It will be different for every individual. Mm. And mm. you've got to try it. You've got to suck it and see. Mm. And if it works for you, great. If it doesn't, we'll tweak it to as long as it fits you sincerely. Mm. And, um, you know, that... Yes, yeah, so it, it needs to fit you, but it does need to be positive. Mm. Um, nobody likes a whiner is <laughs> the, the bottom line so Peter what's our takeaway this week really simple act professionally take it seriously this is a job find your authentic voice what is it you want to say about yourself and your work because first impressions really do count Thank you for listening. You can catch up with the stuff we've covered in our show notes at our website at askanartistpodcast.com. In the meantime, please do tell all your arty friends about us and tell the non-arty ones as well. It's about time they learnt what goes into becoming a full-time working artist. Music